Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Crush Hail Academy podcast. I am your host, Bob Argyle, and today's topic is this. You win or you learn. Sit back and relax, and welcome to today's episode. So I'm driving on the highway, heading down to Lehighton, Pennsylvania. Lehighton is uh, central PA, and uh, I always love going down to this area because uh, it's close to a town called Jim Thorpe. And uh, Jim Thorpe is probably one of the coolest little towns you'll ever visit. Um, Tons of shops, kind of has almost like like an English feel to it stone roads and uh, small quaint little townhouses and stuff and uh, you know whenever I go down here I try to stay in a Airbnb these days Airbnb is pretty competitive to many of the motels so a lot of times I can jump online and I can find uh, kind of a cool little Airbnb to stay at um, for the comparable price that I would spend at a, a motel or a hotel in the area and uh, it's right downtown Jim Thorpe, so uh, it's close. It's within walking distance to restaurants and stuff like that. So um, I really just kind of enjoy getting down here. And the shop that I'm going to visit is a shop that we've had uh, as a client for, geez, probably seven or eight years now. We've been with him through, uh, I think, four hailstorms now. Uh, name of the shop is Blockers Collision, Tyrone Blocker. Um, great guy. And he's been a, a loyal client to us for a number of years now. So I always enjoy getting down here and visiting him. Um, we had a ton of storms that came through Pennsylvania about three weeks ago. And our business model, we don't really, well, we haven't really moved into the Pennsylvania area yet. Um, I, The way I look at it, I still have a ton of growth opportunity in New York. So um, I got... I got my hands full in New York, so I just haven't made my way down there. But years ago, before I, I started focusing my efforts solely on New York, um, I would chase. I would chase. That's what I do. So I would uh, hop in the car and drive all over the country and try to land a shop whenever a storm hit. And I just happened to find Tyrone at this time and um, had a good experience with him there and I guess did a a good enough job for him that he continues to ask us back and if you've listened to any of my prior podcasts you know for me um, that really is the gold standard Uh, the money's great and it's how I pay my bills and support my family but uh, you know getting asked back time and time again is uh, for me it doesn't get any better than that because it tells me that um, you know what we are doing is um you know, is is above and beyond, I guess, what our competition does, especially in the hail industry. Um, it's a lot of fly-by-nights, and um, there there's some really good companies out there, don't get me wrong, but a lot of companies, uh, they come into town, they take care of a shop, and then they move on. And maybe five, six, seven years later, if that area gets hit again, uh, they use somebody else because the, the relationships just aren't nurtured. 
So it's, um, you know, it's really cool to go back down here. I always enjoy coming down and working for Tyrone. So that's where I'm heading now. But it was a good weekend. Had a great Father's Day weekend. Uh, went out and spent uh, Friday and uh, part of Saturday with a friend out in Albany. And then uh, came back and picked my kids up and their mother, although this wasn't my weekend, their mother was nice enough to let me take the kids and um, and went and saw my father yesterday and spent the day with my father and my stepmother and my sister and my, my kids and we cooked out and um, had some steaks and had some salad and just really caught up and enjoyed the day. The weather was terrible, um, so we were grilling out in the rain, but uh, it was... Um, it was good to just spend some time with them. So, but I've been thinking about my father a little bit. Um, you know, it's Father's Day, and I see the posts on Facebook. Uh, it's it's great to get out and recognize our fathers, those of us that are lucky enough to still have our fathers in our lives. Um, but every year, it it hits me because I see for every post where somebody is, uh, you know, wishing their father a happy Father's Day. There's an equal number of posts out there from people who have lost their fathers. And unfortunately, um, those are always kind of tough because I can relate, right? Because I've lost my mother, so I know what it's like to lose a parent. So it's kind of bittersweet. And it really just made me appreciate the fact that I still have my dad and um, he's in good health for the most part (laughs) Uh, dad if you're listening to this you might want to tune out now but uh, um, no I'm just kidding but it's just he's been such a big part of my life he's played a crucial role in my life and he was the best man at my wedding and anytime I have an issue or a problem, um, he doesn't always have the answers, but he does always provide me a welcome ear. And, um, you know, he's my dad. So if I have problems, aside from uh, uh, some other close friends or whatever, uh, he's the man that I usually lean on when uh, life gets hard for me. So I was thinking about my father, and I was thinking about his life, especially this morning. I've been up since probably four and I was getting some some work done and I took some time to just think back on this man's life. And when you really break it down, he's really had an amazing go at it. And I thought this might be with Father's Day weekend just passing and with the podcast that I put out last week um, I thought this might be a good follow-up where I talked about the loss of my mother and the lessons that I took from that whole experience over the next 20 years and how I had to uh, deal with the feelings that I had um, to allow me allow me to really move on um, that was a that was a big lesson. That was a big life lesson for me. And then on the other side of that, I was able to witness a man who lost, for all intents and purposes, you know, it was the the love of his life. He had built his life with my mother. 
and he had spent years and years supporting his family. Uh, he had started his career, I guess, um, in manufacturing, and he had worked his way up through the ranks in manufacturing. We had a, a huge manufacturer in Cortland for a long time. It was a huge employer, uh, Rubbermaid. And I believe when he started out, it was Camford. I want to say it was Camford. And uh, Rubbermaid came in and took over, and he stayed with the company and had some good years there. And really, my sister and I, we didn't want for anything. Um, and in addition to supporting the family, uh, my mother had a job as well. She always worked. Don't want to take anything away from her. But uh, my, my father put in a ton of long hours. And um, in addition to that, he was always there for my sister and I. When I think back on my childhood, um, I have very fond memories of my father. And um, I saw him spend, I think it was 20 years. And this is, this is my take on this. So <laughs> again, Dad, if you're listening, feel free to correct the timeline here, but he spent 20 years or so with Rubbermaid, and then right about the time we lost my mother, he had lost his job at Rubbermaid because they were packing up and they were moving south to Mexico, and I remember this happening not too long after my mother had passed, and I remember thinking, I mean, Christ, man. Can you, can you really put much more on this man right now? He's lost his wife. Um, right around that time, he had lost um, one of his best friends, uh, childhood friends, to cancer. And now he was losing, really, his, his, his career that... I mean, let's be honest, after 20 years, you, you identify with that. That's, that's your identity. He had worked his way up into middle management, upper management in this company, and all of a sudden, one day, boom, they're cutting and running. They're moving to another country, and he doesn't have a job now. So in addition to trying to deal with the turmoil after my mother's death and the loss of a, uh, his best friend, quite frankly, and trying to stay strong and keep his head up for my sister and I. Um, he was also starting over in life. And a lot of men at this point in life could have self-destructed. And I can't say that as I would blame them. Going through this type of tragedy and this type of loss is enough to break even the strongest of men. And what I witnessed with my father, it was tough. It was tough for me. This man has, still to this day, is larger than life in my eyes. You know, he's, he's my hero. And having to sit there and watch this man go through this period, this stage in his life was tough, but I also witnessed a man that got dealt 
just blow after blow after blow. I witnessed a man persevere, pick himself up by the bootstraps, literally. And I might add, it was during this time he had, um, over the next few years, he had lost his parents. And I witnessed a man that started just started from scratch. He had to start from scratch. He was single again. <laughs> he was dating. He was trying out different careers. I remember one job that he had. He was working for a franchise. And what he would do is he would go around to the different shopping centers. And the shopping carts needed upkeep. They needed to be repaired on a consistent basis. So he would go into town, very similar to my business, right? You got to go where the work is. So this franchise would send him to a community. He would go to a, a, I don't know if it was a price chopper, a PNC, a Kroger, whatever. And he would uh, dismantle the, the wheels. He would take the wheels off of shopping carts and he would replace the wheels on the shopping carts. And I remember thinking at that time, I, I felt sad. I felt sad for my father who had literally life, it seemed to me, had life by the balls for so many years. Good job, loving wife, a family, um, nice home, would go on vacations all the time, um, or at least a couple times a year, but had the, the toys, had some motorcycles, had, you know, cars throughout his life, different hot rods and stuff like that. He had had a good life, and all of a sudden, I, here's my father working for a company that, from my recollection, did not appreciate him. And he was probably, well, this is 24 years ago. You know, he was my age. He was right around my age now when he was going through all this. And I was, not only was I sad, because I felt he was alone. And this is a process that men have to go through on their own. I know that now. But back then, I, I wanted to fix it. I, I just wanted to find a way to fix this for my father. And I couldn't. This was something that he just had to go through on his own. And he went through a number of jobs. And he ended up, I think he was looking at car washes because he, I believe he had, again, I could be wrong on this, but I believe he had some, some insurance money from my mother's death. He had probably a, a buyout or a pension from his other business or from being at Rubbermaid when they let him go. So he had some money. He had come into a little bit of money and he was looking at different things to do. And he was looking at car washes and I think he looked at some vending machine companies, stuff like that. And he finally settled on a restaurant that sat over on uh, the west side of Cortland, our hometown. And he bought he bought it. It was uh, it was a bar. It was a tavern. And I remember how happy I was for my father at this time because I felt for him he had been through so much. And I knew he wasn't happy in these other 
jobs that he was working in. And he was just trying to find his freaking place again in this world. And he found the bar. And he named it Argyle's Easy Street Tavern. And we spent the next few months in there fixing the place up, painting it, making it his own. And he went on to have, and he still has it to this day, he went on to have a very successful business there. Um, and it was it's become his new identity now. And it's so cool. He has so many friends and people in his life that he has that have supported him. And he's supported them too. I mean, he's people come to that place to see my father because he's just that he's that type of guy. Everybody wants to come in and see see my dad. And it's it's been cool for me because I feel like he really found his place again in life and he settled in and he remarried. Um, his wife Corrine to this day, my stepmother. Um, they've been together I think over 20 years now and he's gone on to have after all that tragedy in his life he's gone on to have a pretty damn good life and he made a new life and he's kind of recreated himself he's a totally different man today than he was back then than the, the, the guy that I knew growing up and he enjoys his life he's actually trying to sell the bar now because he's looking to spend a little more time um, doing what he truly enjoys. And um, I'm confident that sometime here in the next couple years, (laughs) he'll get an offer on the bar and he'll be able to move on and maybe enjoy retirement, um, hopefully for a very long time, and and get to travel and get to enjoy life. Um, So the point that I'm making is... We all go through these types of trials and tribulations in our life. And we can let that define us. We can let that break us. And we can roll up into a ball in a corner in the fetal position and just tap tap out. Or we can stand up, we can pick ourselves back up, and we can fight. And that is what I saw with my father. I saw a man decide to fight and to not give up. And it's made all the difference in the world for him. And it's made all the difference in the world for for my family, like for me and for my sister. I witnessed that. And that is something that I carry into my business to this day. And you can... So the, the, the title of this podcast is You Win or You Learn. There were some very hard lessons that my father had to learn through going through this process. And I can liken it to a situation that I had in my business probably six or seven years ago, my business partner and I had decided we were going to start this service contract business. And in short, a service contract is something that dealers offer to customers when they buy a vehicle. So you can go in, you can buy the car, and then they offer you these protections on the vehicle. 
and you can get them for transmissions, you can get them for engines, you can get bumper-to-bumper warranties. Um, They even have more specialized products, like the one that we had, which was more appearance-based. So um, you can get protection on your wheels, you can get protection for door dings, um, all this stuff that if, you know, you pick up a door ding on your car, you just take it back to the dealer and it's taken out free of charge. So we went through this little phase where we were trying to model our business on the biggest company out there in the industry, Dent Wizard. Dent Wizard had a PDR company where they would go around to dealers and they would fix just wholesale inventory for dealerships. They also had another division, which was a hail division. It was their hail team, and they would deploy their hail team all around the world to uh, manage hail catastrophe events. Um, And they also had this third division, which they called Ding Shield, and it was this warranty. So my partner Dave and I just, we started getting asked by some of our clients, hey, why don't you guys create this product? Because we're not happy with the ones that are out there. So we had a number of dealers that said, hey, if you guys create this product, we will use your product. And being kind of naive, we took them at their word. (laughs) So what this did is put this series of events in motion where we spent the next five years of our lives running our company, running the hail business, running the PDR business, but behind the scenes, we were creating this product called the Dent Defender. And little did we know at the beginning of this process, all of the red tape, all of the hoops we were going to have to jump through to be able to create our product like this. Number one, we're in New York State. So New York State is not very business friendly. So you're trying to create a product, especially what they they considered, some departments in New York State considered insurance, some didn't, some considered it an ancillary product. So there were all these different hoops that we had to jump through to be able to even be able to offer this product. And I remember over this five-year period, we would always have this huge breakthrough where we'd finally get this permit from the state, or we'd finally get this document that we needed. And now we have everything that we need. We can now market this product and we are going, we're going to be rich. We're going to be rich. (laughs) And then it was always a yeah, but. So we get this document and then we're learning as we go. I never created a service contract company, you know? So we're totally in over our heads. We're learning as we go, but the one thing about my partner and I, uh, we don't quit. We just don't quit easy, and we're investing all of this money because it's not cheap to create this. So for many years, our company was having very good years in the hail business and in the PDR side of things, but we're literally just turning right around and investing all of the profits, all of the profits into this, this dream of ours. To finally have our our own kind of version. We we had our hail team, we had our dealer services and our body shop services division, and we were finally gonna have this service contract division. And it just continued to go and go and go. 
just so many countless hours spent on this project. It was a blur. I look back now, Dave has said a couple times, man, we should write a book about all the experiences that we had. And I'd be like, dude, I don't even know where to start, to be quite honest with you. Because it was just such a chaotic experience for me. And that was just getting the approval through certain departments to be able to sell it. Once we got all, we jumped through all that red tape, and we were finally able to bring this product to market. What we found out was that much in the same way we have dealers that are body shops that are unbelievably loyal to us, and I, I appreciate that. And, you know, it's really the bedrock of our business is loyal clients. Once we started marketing this product to dealers, we found out that those same relationships existed inside the dealer arena with agents. So many times this is how the conversation would go. I'd walk in with the program, proud as could be of it. All this work, I mean, by this time we'd had like three years invested in creating this product. All the marketing and and all the all the red tape that we had to jump, uh, cut through and everything. It was finally done, so I'm bringing it in. I'm like, oh, here's my product. You want my product? And they'd be like, Bob, love you to death, man. But you and I have a tight relationship in the, the PDR side of things, in the services, in the, the service side of things. I have that same relationship. You need to understand this. I have the same relationship with an agent that offers his own product. So I would love to carry your dent and ding product, but the only way I can carry it is you've got to go to this agent and you've got to win the agent over. And if he says, okay, that he'll carry your product, then I can carry your product. I was like, oh man. Okay. A lot of these dealers that were telling us to create the product. Once we had the product created, they were like, oh yeah, well, you know what? I've thought about it and I, I actually got this relationship with this guy and uh, I just don't want to cut him out. You you understand, right? You wouldn't like it if I did it to you. I was like, yeah, but I got three years into this. You told me to create this damn thing. So it was, uh, it was tough. So then what we had to do was we had to start targeting these agencies. And these agencies are huge. I mean, they're massive. They service thousands of dealers across the country. They have regional ones, but they also have national ones. So that started a whole period of time where we're focusing on these agencies. And it ended up having me personally, because I was the sales and marketing guy, it had me in in front of some pretty important people talking about a product that I, eh, I mean, yeah, I created it, but I didn't know a lot of the ins and outs of the dealer agency business and the ancillary product business. So there were times I'd find myself in front of massive boardrooms wearing the the, the monkey suit. And I've got all these guys in $1,000 suits sitting there looking at me saying, tell us why your little product from Syracuse, New York is the product we should move forward with. And I learned a lot in those experiences because I was bad. I was bad in the beginning. But by the end, 
I had gotten pretty comfortable with it. I, I had learned enough about the business that I was walking into some of these rooms. Um, we had some, some pretty big deals that almost, almost came to fruition. And for whatever reason, at the end, they didn't. So throughout this whole time, it started from, I was coming from a place where I'm just going to create this product and then I'm going to take it to these 20 dealers that had asked for it and they're all going to take it. And, you know, if just these 20 dealers take it, um, you know, it's going to be a profitable company for us and we're going to be okay to a period of time where I'm literally flying to New Orleans and I'm flying to all these different parts of the country to meet with these huge multi-million dollar agencies and CEOs and sitting in front of them. And in my mind, I was like, just totally out of my league. But there I sat. And I learned through this experience. And at the end of the day, to summarize this whole thing, we ended up, we just couldn't crack into that. It was like a good old boys network. A lot of meetings, a lot of very close um, meetings where it almost went through, but for whatever reason, they just didn't make the switch. They didn't go with us. And about five years into it, we made the decision. We said, look, this is just taking all of our time. It's taking all of our profits. We're not focusing on what we do better than anybody else, which is the hail repair and the PDR services. So, so this is completely taken over our lives. It's taken us out of our comfort zone. Yeah, we've learned a lot, but our other businesses have started to hurt because of this. They've started to suffer because of all of this time and attention being paid towards Dentifender. Countless nights sitting in the office in the boardroom at like 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, prepping for meetings and, and you know working on this product. If I'm being totally honest, uh, when... Right towards the end of this project was when I was kind of going through uh, my divorce, my separation. And I think when I look back now, I think that was part of it. That was a component <laughs> to why my marriage ended up going south. Because I was so consumed and preoccupied. I had so much invested in this. I had been telling my ex-wife now, I had been telling her for years and years, this is going to work. This is going to come through. And she, she would say, okay, and she would support me. But sooner or later, it was like, put up or shut up. And at the end of it, we just ended up shutting it down. Now, the company is still there. We just are not going out and actively marketing this to dealerships anymore. But the product's created. And about a year ago, this is this was pretty cool. About a year ago, the company is sitting there kind of idle. We just aren't really pushing it anymore. But we had some uh, dealers that were still selling it, um, some of the dealers that we had gotten it in. And we had, you know, some residual income coming in on a monthly basis. Um, so we kept it open and we were, we were handling claims. So as if somebody called in Dallas, Texas, and they had a door ding claim, we were still staffing it and managing it and, and fulfilling those claims, but we just weren't going out and growing it anymore. 
And one of the agencies that we had befriended or we had been working with, and they had done a lot to kind of help put us in front of these these CEOs to pitch our product, um, comes to us one day and they say, hey, we got a client. And they're interested in your program to offer it to their drivers. And you may have heard of the company. The company's called Uber. And we were like, "Mm, what do you mean? And they're like, well, Uber's our client. And they have thousands of drivers throughout the country. And they want to offer your program as like a a value-added benefit, a benefit to their drivers for being good employees of Uber. So we want to, as these drivers move up in the ranks and they hit a certain level, I guess, um, then they get this package and this package covers their, their vehicle. If they get a dent and they want to get it taken care of, this, our program actually covers it and takes care of it for free. And there's some other bells and whistles, some other things shoved into this package, but it's a really cool package, um, for the Uber drivers. And to this day, we have a, a nice residual that comes in on a monthly basis um, through from Uber. So it wasn't a total loss for us. It's turning a profit. It's growing. But that whole experience left me literally just drained. Just drained. And defeated. And I felt like a failure. I felt like I had let my family down. I felt like I had let my employees down. I felt like I had let my business partners down. Because we had a lot of people that were invested in us. Not just me and Dave. We had people backing us. Some very close friends of mine had had supported us in this project. And I felt like I had let them down. And it took a while to work through that. But looking back now, the lessons that I took, the lessons that I took from this experience have made me a much better businessman today. There's a lot that you can learn from failure. I know it's cool to jump on Instagram and there's all these posts about failure is not an option or or whatever. Bullshit. Bullshit. It's failure that grows us. It's failure, whether that's in business, whether that's in life, it's the failures that we go through, that we experience, that shine the light on the areas of our lives that we need to address issues. For my business, it showed me through this failure that I needed to focus my efforts on what I know. That was the lesson I took out of it. After this five-year span of running down this rabbit hole and chasing this dream, after all of that, through all that shit that I went through, the lesson that I took out of it is to stay in my lane. Do what I know how to do. And for me, that's hail. For me, that's paintless dent repair. That's working with body shops. I've never been more clear on what I'm called to do. And we have a ton of opportunity to grow our business in this sector, in the hail side of things. 
So the lesson that I took is just do you. I needed to do me. I needed to do what I do best. And that's hail. And today, we are, we've never been more focused on the task at hand inside of our business. The dent defender is still up. The dent defender is still running. It's kind of on cruise control. We're handling the, the claims as they come in. But I am not focusing my efforts on that anymore. I need to focus my efforts on my employees, on my strategic partners, on my body shops, inside of our Dent Smart business. That's where that's what I'm called to do at this point in time. Could be different. Five years from now, that might change. But right now, this is what I'm called to do. Much in the same way that my father had to go through his experiences. I'm not going to call them failures because I don't see them as failures that he went through. I see them as um, a lot of that he couldn't, I mean, most of that, if not all of that, he couldn't control. So it's not like he personally failed at it, but he had to go through that process to get broken down, to get stripped down, to, to come to a point where he had to sit there and say, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with my life? He was a fairly young man, and he made the decision, and he refocused his efforts on something that he was proud of, something that he could get behind, and something that he was good at. He's a damn good businessman. He runs this restaurant, this bar, this tavern. He runs this extremely well. It's a well-oiled machine, you know? He's got his... his uh, his routines. He's in there every single morning and he's got a very specific process that he goes through to get ready for his day. The bar is immaculate. It's one of the cleanest bars in Cortland because he takes pride in it and he's good at what he does. So the question that I'm posing today at the end of this podcast is where in your life are you allowing a failure to define you? Where in your life are you holding on to the past and allowing that to defeat you on a daily basis? Is it in your business? Is it a relationship? Is it in your, your, your physical health, your physicality? Where in your life has something that's happened to you in the past still controlling you daily with your actions and your thoughts and I would challenge you to think about that and then to come put together a plan on how you're going to address that and how you're going to move past that. All right? And feedback, I love the feedback. I love the, the emails that I'm getting. So um, I would welcome you to reach out to me and, and let me know. Let me know. I'd love to hear your feedback on that. So you can reach me at robert at robertargyle.com. That's my blog site um, that's geared specifically for the body shop owner or manager or insurance professional that's looking for a little more information on proper hail management. Um, so go to robertargyle.com uh, to check out my blogs or you can email me at robert at robertargyle.com. Also check me out at Facebook, Robert E. Argyle. That's my Facebook business page. Or Instagram. I would love it if you would follow me on Instagram. The Robert 
Argyle. That's a lot. That's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Um, hey, what can I say? The social media, I've jumped right in uh, both feet. So if this, uh, the last thing I'd ask you is if this message, uh, if you connect with this message and you know somebody that might also benefit from this message, I would ask that you would simply share it up. So that's it for this week. I am moving on about an hour away from my destination, a little bit longer than usual, but uh, I'm driving. So I tend to talk when I'm driving, believe it or not, or sing, or sing. Sometimes I sing. I think now I'm going to put on some uh, Volt Beat and uh, sing. So uh, that's it for today. Appreciate you stopping by the Crush Hail Academy podcast. Love you all. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.